So, hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabel, and today I'm speaking with Padma Aon on Sacred Wounds, Sexuality and Frequency Control. Now, Padma's journey with the soul began at the age four in formal initiation into the Brahmin lineage of Hinduism. And this led him to read Bhagavad Gita, Bible, and many other European philosophers by the age of seven. By the age of 12, he realized he'd read enough. And then journey continued, and by the age of 21, an experience of God consciousness changed his life forever. Most of his work has come from the fruits of his travels in many worlds and his decade-long explorations into human consciousness and evolution. Padma is a master of sound, or sacred sound, in particular Sanskrit and Aramaic, and he uses the vibrations of these universal languages to rapidly shift consciousness into innate harmony. Padma is the author of a number of books. One of them is Sacred Wounds, which we're talking about today, and his website is uh, padmaaon.com there will be a link going out with this uh, interview so hi padma hi steve so you know my first question is this is an amazing topic can you say something about your journey into this whole field of uh, sacred wounds yeah i mean i think from the first place you know i've explored many different realms i had many different initiations into sacred traditions um, particularly from the Indian and the Tibetan and the Egyptian. I realized and reached very high levels of consciousness. I sat in samadhi, very deep, breathless meditation, two months, 14 hours a day. Hmm. I reached and realized very profound states of consciousness. But saying all that and at the same time teaching, I realized that there were some things missing. And... I too realized within myself that um, the topic of sexuality and relationships and sacred relationships was a huge opening in this day and age, um, mm. as opposed to previous eons or epochs or what traditions, sacred traditions are talked about or religions are talked about or even what society continued and what culture believed in. So I found for myself that, and this was echoed throughout, you know, the new energies coming onto Earth in the last 40 or 50 years, and particularly accelerating right now, mm. is that the area of human intimacy, of being a human being, and being intimate with that emotionally and sexually and physically, and really those tender parts of our human heart, in that deep vulnerability, transparency, and humility, really leads to us embodying our soul completely here on earth, in the body. Mm. And this is something that no matter how much meditation you do or spiritual practices, all of which are useful for half the path, there's another half of the path, and that is being completely human. And so having gone to those heights of samadhi and profound meditation and bliss in meditation, I realized there was another half to the journey, and that half was being human in relationship and developing my sexuality in full harmony with the heart, in full harmony with the soul, and in full harmony with creator, with source, with God. And so that led me into many different realms and uh, different teachers along the way and different initiations into different forms of Tantra, um, Tibetan Tantra, Shaivite Tantra, which is um, the original form of Tantra of Shiva in India. Mm. And 
various forms connected to that, but always going to the source because I found that there were many distortions in uh, neo-tantric circles or the Western interpretations of Tantra and what that meant and also the consciousness behind Tantra, being able to see clearly as a way of life Mm. what it means to fully embrace everything and use everything that comes your way as a fuel for evolution, which is one of the definitions of Tantra according to how um, Shiva and the Indian tradition saw it. It's really using everything in order to be able to evolve, both the light and the dark becomes fuel for your own evolution if you are able to use it in that way. In the blog posts that I read, you talk a lot about focus perhaps initially, this manipulation by hyper-dimensional forces and, and how our energy is being harvested through sexually, particularly the ones devoid of love. I guess and you talked about pornography and these kind of things. Some people may never have heard of, it sounds very much like the Matrix, right? You know, we're being kind of interfered with. Can you say something about the interference? When did it begin? I know you mentioned civilizations such as Babylon, Sumeria and Egypt. Did it begin long before then or is it ongoing? Or What, what, yeah, what can you say about that? Um, yeah, the manipulation of sexuality began long before Sumeria and Egypt, but it kind of reached a height in Sumeria and Egypt, um, particularly in the dark ages of Egypt. There were different ages in Egypt, and there was really beautiful epochs of thousands of years and very dark epochs mm. where a lot of uh, black magic and manipulation of energies were were quite commonplace. So it's been going on for tens of thousands of years because sexual energy is our most potent life force. Mm. And if that is siphoned off and harnessed, we can evolve very quickly or we can descend and degenerate very quickly. So it's a two-edged sword. Mm. And the Many beings obviously recognize that, both human and non-human, and extraterrestrial and other races on Earth. And they recognize that, and in the height of, let's say, Sumeria, Babylon, Egypt, and other civilizations as well, they developed many ways and means to be able to, first of all, use people who had a very profound sexual energy, um, and then use them and also use their energy in rituals and ceremonies and even on one-on-one encounters. And this reached a real height at that time because there's such an incredible amount of energy when two people are truly making love. Mm. And also, even when one person or two people or more are all engaging together in the sexual act. So this has been recognized for a long time. And even today, there's a lot of this siphoning happening with pornography, Mm. um, with a lot of the neo-tantra movement as well. A lot of those energies are being directed to in sex magic to certain entities or deities or beings who are pretending to be deities, Mm. um, gods and goddesses. And if if you just think about it for just one second, why would these beings need this energy? Mm. So a lot of people think that, oh, yeah, if I use my sexual energy to connect to X, Y, and Z deity or entity or being, then I will get something that I want. Mm. So, you know, they direct their energy in order to receive 
certain gifts or they want a new house or they want a new car or they want a new partner or they want a new this or they want a new that. Mm. And as soon as they do that, they're creating an energetic bond with these beings. Mm. And it's the same and it's the same with pornography as well. You are creating an instant energetic bond with very degraded spirits entities. And once you have created this bond, then you are hooked into them and they are hooked into you, usually through your lower chakras, your root, your, your sacral or your solar plexus. Mm. And then they are feeding off you almost constantly, not just when you're doing a sexual act, but during the day because they're plugged into your subconscious. So they're constantly feeding off you and they are constantly also lowering your vibration whilst that is happening elevate yourself you are constantly degrading yourself and this is in the subconscious for most people in the shadows so they don't even realize this is happening and you know there's many w ways and means that this happens so for example in a kind of more normal sexual context two people are having sex and you know that what what reasons are they having sex for mm. so the emotional reasons can be Oh, they have a need for love, a need for affection, a need to feel better about themselves, or they're having sex because they feel sad or depressed or lonely or just because they're bored or because they're having it out of duty or obligation because their partner is saying they want it and they don't really want to do it. Mm. Or they're just doing it because they're essentially one of the biggest things in humanity is because people are lonely. Having that human warmth, that touch, that connection, even if it's not particularly loving, but just having that touch and connection and that, you know, a blissful feeling for an hour or three mm. is enough for people to feel better about themselves. But, of course, it doesn't heal anything. And, in fact, it can mask, you know, our deeper pains and wounds that are actually underneath it all. And that can actually make it harder to actually heal yourself because you're going for a quick fix solution. It's just, um, you know, treating the effects rather than the causes. It's very, it's just dealing with the symptoms. Mm. I often, I often say it's like um, putting a band aid on a on a on an arm that's been cut off. Not a good <laughs> the idea. Arm is still bleeding, but you know, you just think it's better for an hour or a day because you feel, you know, your hormones are rushing and you're feeling a bit better about yourself. Mm. So, I think it's really important that people really look at the deeper reasons why they are engaging sexually, mm. and you know, to be able to bring that into the heart and humility, and, and really feel into like, you know, why do I really want to have sex in this moment with this person? Mm. And of course, as we're as we're having sex or as we're making love, the wounds in one person will also be connecting into the wounds in another person. So if someone has a deep wound in, this, in the sacral chakra, which is to do with relationship, to do more with the feminine, to do more with creativity, emotionality, sensuality, if someone has been wounded in there because of what happened in their past or any sexual abuse or any ancestral wounding or any number of things, and then they meet someone else who has exactly the same wound as them, Mm. And then there's this instant charge, and it's a highly charged bang. Mm. And, people, and people go, wow, you know, that's amazing. I feel such a powerful connection to this person. Mm. And, of course, you know, you can say that's a really karmic charge, but it's a very wounded charge because you both believe on this subconscious level that you can plug the hole for the other person. Mm. And in plugging that hole, which is only a temporary effect – you believe that you really love 
that person because you're making each other feel better mm. temporarily. Of course, if you're not conscious, then you won't explore the deeper reasons and emotions behind this. Mm. And then you just stay in this, in this kind of band-aid relationship or woundship is what I call it. Mm. And of course, you know, conflicts and arguments and things will arise because you're not really conscious of what is happening in the mm. deeper dynamics in your subconscious in your shadow. Right. So that's that's very common in almost all relationships. And if people are honest, they can see that with the partner they're with, or they can see that in people around them, or they can see that in their parents, for example. You know, many of whom in the previous generations were, you know, in total woundships together, not very happy with each other, had to stay with each other because of the kids or because mm. of the duty or stigma of society or whatever their reasoning was. But underneath it all was a, you know, an unhappiness or a lack of fulfillment or lack of lack of satisfaction. But also, underneath that was this woundship um, dynamic that is happening with almost everyone in a sexual relationship, unless you bring it into a real conscious place and see where you're hooking into your partner mm. and really identifying that. So you can look at your partner and go, oh, you know, there's this cord going out from me to your root chakra. So you're giving me a sense of security in mm. this world, mm. and I and and the other person is giving me a sense of stability or whatever it is that you need. But of course, if you're dependent on someone else for all that, then of course you are not being whole in yourself. Mm. It doesn't mean that you can't share things with other people. Of course, relationships are beautiful for that. But you know taking this energy from another person and then giving that energy out and then hoping that somehow it will work out and that you become codependent in a relationship, you know, that becomes really messy. And, of course, that doesn't lead to a wholeness or a viper, an increase in our own frequency. It actually leads to a, to a decrease in certain ways because we're unconscious of what really is happening. And this also expresses itself and plays itself out in making love as well. Mm. So, Padma, the, I guess there might be two things that I want to ask you about. <clears throat> One is the there's a kind of wounding, which is kind of um, everywhere, isn't it, in Western culture and probably beyond, where, as you said, our parents have got it, you know, it comes down the family line. And I guess healing that, there's a number of layers around self-awareness, you know, looking at intention, looking at love. And then there's this DNA interference, which I guess they kind of merge together. If you've got DNA interference, you're most likely to be wounded and vice versa. Is, 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 are there separate processes for, for releasing both? Well, they're all interconnected. It, it is like a map. So, yeah. for example, first of all, you look at your, at, at your parents hmm. because, you know, to, to some extent, they're living on in you until you have healed that emotionally and spiritually. And then you have to look at the next seven generations beyond your parents mm. and see what happened with them and what patterns have been passed on to you, both positive and negative, mm. and also what is yours to heal with that and what is not yours to heal with that. So, for example, if your great-grandfather, you know, um, murdered someone, for mm. example, mm. Or, you, or did some black magic or did something that were you know or sexual abuse or received sexual abuse or something like that mm. 
then aspect of that may be passed on to you. So mm. in investigating and clearing and healing that, then you can go to the next level, which is where it gets really interesting. So then we go on to what we call the solar ancestors. So those beings who are working, who are in our, you could say our oversoul or our monad, our extended um, soul family. So that extends out to what is called the solar ancestors, and then beyond that, we go into what is called our galactic or tribe or our star seed. Mm. You know, wh- which star seed are we? Where do we come from? That's also part of our soul family, part of who we are, mm. part of what we recognize ourselves to be. Mm. And, you know, a great source of support and also, you know, a great source of healing. But also, you know, there can be shadow in that as well, you know. Mm. So <clears throat> as we go beyond that, and on a galactic level, before I go beyond that, on a galactic level is where a lot of genetic manipulation has happened hmm. um, in the past and in the present. And this is where a lot of this hyperdimensional conflict and war is happening. Hmm. Um, and what's happening in those higher dimensions, let's say, is being reflected on Earth in the conflicts and uh, complete insanity that is happening in much of society and culture and government and politics and the general way that the planet is being run, which is totally out of harmony, you know, with any kind of universal laws or any harmonic resonance, mm. um, all of that is reflected and has been created a long time ago, and that is also encoded within the DNA. Mm. So, in this genetic alchemy, let's say, in this genetic manipulation we then find out who has manipulated our DNA. Hmm. And this is interesting because different beings have played that out in different races. Hmm. So, for example, everyone has a head of their bloodline. And the head of your bloodline is usually a deity form or a god or goddess form, depending on what tradition or religion, or society you come from. Hmm. So if you're more of the Indian lineage, then that may be Indra, one of the Indian gods. Or if you're a Celtic, if you're more in a Celtic lineage, and you really identify with that, then you'll have one of the Celtic gods and goddesses, or Greek gods and goddesses, like Zeus, or Hera, or Aphrodite, or whoever it is. Hmm. So these goddess forms, or god forms, or deity forms, they're just beings who have um, acquired a certain amount of power and, and resonance, most of them, <clears throat> and they also have use of much more advanced technologies than what humans have at the moment. Mm. So a lot of people feed these deity beings by worshipping or praising them or adoring them or asking them for gifts and special favors <laughs> and things like that. Mm. Uh, and they're actually feeding these entities. You're giving them energy. You're giving them power. You're giving them your life force. You're giving them your love. Mm. And, of course, they then expand through that. And so tracing it back to, you know, to many tens of thousands of years ago, and both the, in India and the Sumerian epics, talk a lot about this in the historical record, which is easily available if you research it, um, these entities or deities are the ones who have originally um, manipulated the human DNA and use it to farm their energy from that. Mm. And that creates this kind of praising, worshipping, prostrating, 
you know, bowing down to these energies because you believe they are much greater than you mm. and much worthy than you. Mm. But I'm always reminded of Christ's words when he said, you are like gods. Mm. So what giving yourself away to these other beings when actually you are greater than them. The potential of the human being is far greater than these other beings. Mm. And that's what they know. And that's why they try to manipulate. And that's why they are manipulating because they're actually scared that human beings can become greater than them mm. and actually evolve beyond them. And that's very scary for beings who are used to farming energy from other beings in order to maintain their own frequency in order to maintain their own kingdoms, let's say, or their dimensional pockets. Mm. So <clears throat> everybody has a head of their bloodline. And this blood, the head of this bloodline is one who has put themselves in this position, not source or the divine or God um, of love and sovereignty, but one that is masquerading or pretending to be that, one who has manipulated your DNA mm. and now farming that and has put themselves in that place, in that position of saying, I am the head of the bloodline and this is how it is. Mm. And then most people will kind of fall for that in a sense because they feel a deep connection, you know, a deep resonance because obviously it's deep in your DNA mm. and they feel that deep resonance. So then they're drawn to that and, you know, may you know do their worshipping of that or whatever it is that people do um, with these entities. Hmm. But actually what, what you have to do is knock that being off their perch and kick them out of that position so that then you can fully connect to your original DNA hmm. uh, that is untouched and unmanipulated and is beyond their um, control or manipulation or their farming or harvesting techniques. And that's been going on for tens of thousands of years in every single culture in the world. You look at the pantheon of deities, there's millions of them. You know, there's like 64 million in India alone. Never mind, you know, the pantheons of the Greek and the Egyptian and, the, you know, and Tibetan and, you know, all these beings. And, you know, they, they pretend to help us and they can actually do certain powerful or positive things um, to a degree. But this is all part of the of the charade, let's say, because they give you something good, but at the same time, they keep you in prison. You know, the where we are going at the moment as a race, as a species, as an earth, is into that full sovereignty, that full individuality, where we can stand up in ourselves and just within ourselves, because that is more than enough to to do and be who we are and what I am. Great. So, so all these things are not just in the astral or dimensional realm. They are actually in your DNA as well. So there needs mm. to be an excavation of these things. And obviously then the sexual part, because the sexuality is the most potent life force and ecstatic life force that is available to us as human beings. Hmm. There is nothing more powerful apart from love in this universe. And when love and sexual energy are put together in a truly deep and conscious and sacred way, people can become very quickly sovereign and very quickly feel what is loving and what is not loving in themselves and then in the rest of their life as well. And this is threatening for all these forces because 
if people have that power and recognize that love and recognize that life force in themselves and bring them both together into what I call a sexual innocence, where there mm. is no separation between your heart and your sexuality, and not just the beauty of the heart, but the you know the the devastating pain that's also held in the heart and the beautiful pure tenderness and vulnerability that's held in the heart as well all of these are all part of our heart and so when all of that is connected to our shakti to our sexual life force boom we are standing in a profound place of sovereignty mm. and of potential mastery and also we can discern what is true and what is not and anything that is not of that vibration and frequency we can feel that in our bodies not just in our minds but in our bodies we can feel the difference and we can discern that in our bodies and mm. with that barometer then we can guide ourselves we don't need the external so much we can then feel and discern for ourselves what is loving and what is not mm. and then of course when we feel these other manipulative energies coming in, you know, through people or through the environment or through through these other beings and these other dimensions and through spirits working in this dimension, we can very clearly say, no, you know, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want part of that and I choose not to do that. So, you know, this also comes down to the issue of free will because with our full use of free will, we can really evolve to the heights. And free will is something we all have, but most of us are not using that fully mm. because all these wounds are getting in the way and these spirits and these agendas and these ancestral wounds and these genetic wounds and these sexual wounds and these emotional wounds and how society and culture is portraying certain things to be in a certain light. So there's a lot of forces that are resisting that and resisting us fully using our own free will which is immensely powerful and immensely liberating if we can truly use it and in order to be able to use it we need to be educated into you know the full use of it and also what not to use it for yeah if let's say most of humanity i guess has got this interference going on I guess it can be undone. We can neutralize it. We can move into uh, more love, more uh, embracing sexuality with love. Can you give some practical steps for people listening to this who go, wow, it's such a vast subject, isn't it? There's galactic interference, there's the bloodline. Is there practical things that I can do now that starts unplugging those energies and embracing a higher frequency? Yeah, well, there's many practical things. I think the first thing is that, um, you know, the first most immediate step is will be to look at your parents mm. and to look at how you are living them through you. Mm. Uh, and that's the most easily seeable thing for most people. Yeah. And then yeah. once you have dealt with that and emotionally dealt with it, not just mentally, but emotionally felt how you have been abandoned as a child or how you've been controlled as a child or how you have been misled as a child or how you've been abused as a child, which has happened to almost everyone. This is a very common thing. It's not an unusual thing. Mm. This is very common. Huh? Um, and once you have released those, those, um, those emotions and, you know, come back more into yourself, then you can 
there's a there's a very solid foundation there, a sovereign foundation of who you are as an individual, to then go into the deeper realms within your DNA. So, for example, if you're doing ancestral healing, there's many ways to do ancestral healing available in the world today. Mm. And that's really important to do because that aligns your DNA, first of all. That's why it's called ancestral, because it's genetic. Mm. So it's about aligning the pieces and bringing them all into its right position within you. Mm. So, for example... Many people, their parents put them in the wrong position. You weren't their child, you were their friend, or you were their buddy, or in a lot of cases, parents put you in a position of a co-parent, for mm. example, instead of you being the son or you being the daughter. Um, so there's a lot of distortions there that have happened in almost everyone, and it's very rare that someone has healed, you know, all of their parental issues. That's quite rare. I've only met a few people who have actually done that to the depth. And then you have a foundation through the ancestral healing, so uh, systemic constellations, or what myself and a friend of mine, Maya Alexander, have developed, which is a, a, a map called Genetic Alchemy. There's ways to, to heal that. And then with the emotion, emotional part, a beautiful thing you can do straight away with your partner is to sit down with them, go into a meditative space, you know, sit down opposite each other and just be really honest with each other. Feel your energies with each other and, and look and see and feel where your cords are plugging in to each other. Mm, mm. Do this in a sacred and conscious way mm. and see and be, you have to be so honest with yourself and so honest with the other person and not just to stay on a level of effects but to go to the cause. So if you can see a cord going from your root chakra to your partner's second chakra, then you can trace that and you ask, okay, what energy do I need from my partner? What wound is this covering? So, for example, your part, you could say that the energy you need from your partner is love. Mm. Okay, let's get more specific than that. What quality of love? Okay, comfort. I need comfort from my partner. Okay, so what's underneath that? What's mm. underneath comfort? Okay, mm. I need security. I need affection. I need to not feel lonely, for example. Okay, now we're getting to the cause. Now we're getting to the meat of things. Okay, so then what is a wound there that you are using me to plug? Mm. So, okay, I feel abandoned. I feel lonely. I felt abandoned since I was a child, and I've used people or drugs or spirituality to get away from feeling lonely and abandoned and lost and hurt. Hmm. I spent my whole life trying to do this, to run away from this pain. Hmm. And now I'm using you to do that because you will do that for me. That's my bargain with you. That's my deal. That's my contract. And, of course, that's not love because love is not a deal or bargain or a contract. Huh? Hmm. So most people, 99% of people are doing this in not just in their partnerships but in their closer friendships as well. Hmm. So. That's a very practical and very direct thing you can do immediately with your sexual partner. 
mm. and and then vice versa. So then you go on this journey of discovery and self inquiry with your with your partner, really honest, be really raw, be really humble, be really honest, and keep going down the levels until you reach the layers. Keep going down the layers until you reach that core, that core wound, that hole that's in your sacral chakra, that hole that's in your root chakra, or that hole that's in your solar plexus or your heart. Mm. There's a hole there. That's a wound. It's a hole. And in that hole is where you will be reaching out to the other person to plug that hole. Mm. And of course, we all know that no one else can plug that hole for you. They can put a Band-Aid on it. They can make you feel temporarily better. But, of course, it will not be healed permanently. Hmm. So in seeing that hole in the other and seeing that hole in yourself and then tracing the cords back and then going into the emotional energy of it with your partner and then your partner doing that with you, you can then really quickly discern the subconscious dynamics of your relationship and kind of the deeper evolutionary reasons why you are together because all relationships are designed to be evolutionary if we take them like that. Mm. We're designed to grow in our relationships until, you know, such point as where there is no more growth left or Mm. maybe you'll be with a person who is also evolving really fast and you'll be with them for a long time because you're both evolving. But in this sense, you know, to get to the core, to get to the cause of your subconscious dynamics, and then also you will understand which entities and spirits and deity forms or beings are coming through that hole within you. Because it's not just you and your partner in this dynamic, there are other beings as well who are feeding through that, who are manipulating through that, who are harnessing that energy, who are keeping that energy going. So it's never just about two people in a relationship. There are lots of other beings engaged in it, involved in it. And if you and your partner have a lot of energy between you, then there's a lot of beings in the spirit world in other dimensions who are very attracted to that energy. Mm. They're attracted to it like moths, you know, to a flame. Mm. Because... There's a lot of, you know, um, hungry spirits, you know, in Tibetan Buddhism, they call it hungry ghosts. Mm. And these spirits need to feed off other people because they cannot find that connection within themselves. So they must call them vampiric spirits. And there's plenty of human beings who are like that as well in human form, not just in the spirit world or in other dimensions. Mm. Many people are feeding off other people because they don't find that connection within themselves, within their sovereign self, and to create it, to source. So all of these dynamics are happening all the time. And the more conscious we become of our own holes and wounds and and start to do something about that, which is essentially emotionally feeling them and being really humble and vulnerable about that, that's when the deep process of healing really accelerates and really magnifies and then you can really start to see why you are with someone the real deeper reason why you are with someone in your relationship Mm. and and then you'll be able to discern um intuitively or if you're clairvoyant clairvoyantly you'll be able to see how that's playing out from your ancestors how that's playing out on this larger 
you know, genetic levels, how that's playing out with other spirits who are, you know, manipulating that or want to keep you in a certain relationship because it keeps you stuck or keeps you in a certain position that suits them rather than suits your own evolution. And this happens, you know, on many levels, even with a lot of evolved beings or so-called masters who masquerade as masters on the astral planes, you know, they want to keep people in a certain position to serve their agenda. Mm, And this is is very common. A lot of the so-called ascended masters are doing that. Mm. Uh, I've directly experienced that, as have many others who are more sovereign within themselves. Mm. And a lot of beings pretending to be masters as well on the astral planes and other planes as well. They dress up in certain guises and, you know, pretend to be something. And, you know, a, a quick way to discern that is just to command in the name of God or in the name of love, you know, three times ask him, who, who are you really? Who mm. are you? In the name of God, I command you to show me your true self, for example. Mm. So because you're in or in the name of I am, your sovereign self, to command them to reveal themselves and they have to do that if you are in your sovereign power if you're in your sovereign self they have to reveal themselves and many times that can be very eye-opening for a lot of people because you know a lot of these beings unless they're encouraging your true sovereignty they have an agenda with you these spirits or these entities or these deities or these gods and goddesses Mm. they all agendas and their agenda may not necessarily be your freedom or your liberation their agenda may be to for you to stay in your position for you to do their work for them and then to continue ad infinitum doing their work for them and of course you won't become um, realized or free from that you'll only become realized and free by you following your own heart and your own sovereign self Mm. and following that to the nth degree, to its ultimate conclusion, to its climax. So, you know, this is a really tricky times that we're living in because there's so much going on and there's so many beings here now on Earth on all dimensions and there's so much information and there's so many distractions and there's so many beings vying for your energy and your attention here, there and everywhere. It's um, it's really a times for discernment, really times for intuition, and really times for getting very real and naked with yourself, because in that we find our sovereign self. The more naked we are, the more vulnerable we are to ourselves, the more we will step into who we truly are, and that also means sexually as well, mm. and all these other levels genetically and galactically and cosmically on every level the more we are tuned into our own pure sexual energy which is loving and our own heart in resonance and full connection with each other the more we are absolutely sovereign and able to see what will help our sovereignty and what will stop us becoming more sovereign brilliant so um, for our listeners wanting to continue the journey with Padma, his book, Sacred Wounds, Original Innocence, and I believe you can download it for free from your website. With The link will be going out with this uh, recording. So Padma, th- thank you so much. And um, obviously it's a fascinating, huge subject. And your book, I'm just, uh, I've downloaded it and it covers a lot of what you talked about and more. So I encourage people to download that book. 
And uh, I really, you know, it's been so great talking with you, Padma. It's great talking with people of, of such wisdom and experience like yourself. So thank you so much. And uh, and it, it, what 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 are you up to in the world now? Is there any workshops going on, events that you want to let people know about? Thanks, Steve. Yes, it's um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you as well, <laughs> and and to everyone listening to this. Um, it's been a pleasure sharing with you as well. Um. At the moment, I'm uh, doing a tour to Egypt um, mm. September, but that's completely booked out. Mm. In the future, everything will be on my on my website uh, padmaeon.com and also wombwisdom.me. All future events and courses and and offerings and sharings w- will be there. So please check it out, and if you're interested, and I'm also on Facebook, Padma Aeon. So get in touch with me, say hello, um, I'm here, I'm available, I am of service, and I'm really loving and enjoying it all. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Padma. Thanks, Steve. Namaste. Namaste.